It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Hello, as the man himself just said, this is the Digging Deep podcast with me, Matt Everett, but more importantly, Robert Plant. Why are we here? Well, we're here, as always, because this is the podcast where we discuss a song from Robert's back catalogue, chosen by Robert, and find out more about its creation and the inspiration behind it. This run of shows was actually recorded in front of a live audience. So as well as talking about one of his songs, we also asked some questions set by Robert's fans. So expect to find out the answers to things like which song Robert wished he'd written, his most cherished musical moment and what it's like touring with Willie Nelson. But before all that, the song in question today on this episode was the first single to be taken from the album Mighty Rearranger, recorded by Robert and The Strange Sensation, and the song is called Shine It All Around. This is the land where I live, paint it all over golden, take a little sunshine, spread it all around. This is the love that I give. This is a positive place here, I think, lyrically speaking. Yeah, well, it should be. I mean, I've got nothing to teach anybody. Um, we all got to inter, inter move through these crowded times and all this. And yeah, you know, um, it's, it's, it's sunshine music. That's what it is, really, I think. Your voice sounds good on that track as well. I was kind of wondering how your how your voice is your instrument, how how it's changed over the years, and how you've you've changed the way you use that instrument. Are you aware of it, or is it kind of just happens? yeah? It depends on the material that you're, you're trying to get come to terms with. I mean, last night I was in Barcelona coming to terms with Wolverhampton Wanderers away <laughs> to, to Espanol and got here 45 minutes ago, and. Um, I ain't got much left at the moment, but I know some really filthy songs. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you work in, you know, if it was uh, just where you go, you have to feel the temperature of it or contribute to the temperature of whatever it is and take it on. Um, so songs ask for something, you, you know, 
the actual structure of a song, and especially if you write it yourself or co-write it, you actually have to make the whole thing a really successful meld to make it uh, to bring it home. And this is the second record with the Strange Sensations. So yeah, that, by that point, you're kind of really firing on all cylinders. You've really found a place when you're working together. Yeah, I mean, we were opening up all the time. We we actually uh, kicked off together in 2000, and uh, well, um, I guess the initial stuff that we did it was just remarkable because I'd spent uh, the the mid to late 90s playing with Jimmy Page and. Uh, that had its really spectacularly dramatic times, beautiful music and traveling with the Egyptians and uh, the Moroccans and playing with a big orchestra. And uh, this was fantastic. But I was kind of, I didn't have what I was developing later on with these guys. I mean, and there was a lot of force coming from Bristol from, uh, you know, Clive Deemer, who's now with Radiohead, he'd been with Porter's Head, and Johnny Baggett was with Massive Attack, and uh, uh, Justin Adams was with, you know, Jar Wobble, and there was a skin came along around this time, and he'd been, and still is with Cast. So you've got all these different influences going on. Uh, Billy Fuller, who's with Beak, he came along when Charlie Jones went off to hang with uh, Goldfrapp. So there was so many different musical uh, places to go from all the experiences that everybody had driven into in previously. So Mighty Rearranger really opened up. and It was uh, everybody was just just letting it come out. It was brilliant. I mean, in fact, that's one of the most structured pieces, one of the most kind of, I think we even tried to get it on the radio, you know. Ha. Huh. But <laughs> And it's a smug thing to say because it doesn't matter. You just do what you do. And if you're lucky enough to get a record deal at that time uh, to maintain that without doing the obvious, then uh, and that was good. It's good, good time. Some great, great play in there. Spread it all around now. Shine it all around now. Wind you go down now. Before this interview, we'd ask fans on social media to suggest some questions for me to ask Robert, which is what I did, or tried to do at least. I may have pronounced some people's names wrong, for which I apologise. Riley McLean, I've said that name wrong, I'm sure. Uh, what's the one song you wish you'd written? We talked about a lot of covers. Is there anything that you've... I'm sure you get this a lot, but those songs you're like, that's... I, would, I wouldn't have minded having that under my belt. Oh, Bird on the Wire. Oh, mm. okay. I think something like that. Yeah, beautiful. And everybody knows what a—I mean, it's a cynical swipe at at our self-ingratiating culture. But um, I think Leonard Cohen really had that down. Great. And other things that I wish I'd have written. Yeah, White Rabbit. 
Okay. Mm. Another question. And um, what's the name of this contestant? Thomas Law is his first name, or her first name. Is Thomas Law a male or female name? I don't it's know. It's both. It's both. Chesrecki. There we are. There we go. Thomas Law Chesrecki. What's the most cherished memory of your career? So we look at cherish, think about the moment that's the moments that you're like, I was so glad that I was able to, to be there for that. And that could maybe be seeing someone else's performance. I wish you'd have asked me in advance. This is a really impossible. But if I asked you in advance, then you'd over-rehearse the answers. It wouldn't be like the first take of a song. It wouldn't be as good. It was the most cherished moment of my career. It was staying up for a couple of days. <laughs> just not going, not going home. Just going to the next place. Um, finding that I was finally in transit forever. We played with them, um, invited to play with Willie Nelson a couple of, three months ago. Um, <clears throat> he was traveling through his outlaw tour with his big bus, giving away weed to everybody. So, and also rolling machines a lot, you know, free. Let's have some of Willie's weed. And uh, How much does he have? Does he carry around with him there? He just gives it away. It's a, it's a truckload from here to the, to, to the Mirabor uh, and beyond free with doors to go in get you a little hit lid and go out the other side and um, well, like a supermarket checkout yeah but he was there he was as well, my point about it, it being infinite once you can get it he was the top of the bill he invited us space shifters to go along Alison Krauss was playing with her band earlier on and we were all in the middle of it all and we were watching Willie and watching the way that people were going yeah you know and he was playing the next night somewhere else, back on his bus, parks it outside the hotel, uses the hotel to take a shower, and gets back on the bus. And that sort of inf infinity thing is very prevalent over there, because there's a lot of places to go there. You know, sometimes you can go to Canada. But, um, and, and so really, it's like, uh, it's very hard to go from Wakefield to Northampton with this, uh, in the same sort of, I don't know, cavalier fashion, but it is forever. Once you know that you're in it forever, there's no way getting out. So there's Willie, he's 87 or whatever it is. He, he's at the, right on the mic, singing Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Mm. So good. Piano plays 92. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's just, you see these guys at the American Forces uh, Reserve for older American forces in Nashville last month. I went to a gig on a Tuesday night and they got an old band playing pedal steel, fiddle and all that. And every single hipster cowboy with a beard down to his navel and long hair and a hat on was very badly two-stepping around the room with, with beautiful girls just... And it's just... These guys just move on. It's embarrassing and probably not always a great aroma around it. That's when I knew I was okay. I love that, uh, that idea. It's the, the step out the door and just keep going. Yeah. That's the plan, isn't it? Mm, more or less. You have to, yeah. I mean, it's not because I don't like, I love w what I have, my friends, family, and my home as, as a concept is brilliant. <laughs>
That was episode 16 of Digging Deep. We hope you're enjoying these special live versions. The next episode is the series finale, he says very dramatically. And the song in question is from the 1988 album Now and Zen. And I think this might be the first time we've tackled a song from that album on Digging Deep. So that will be a treat. Until then, I'm Matt Everett, sending you all the best to you and yours right now. Thanks for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production. <laughs>